to Novel Pairings, a podcast dedicated to making the classics readable, relevant, and fun. As two nerdy bookworms, we appreciate the role of classic lit, but we won't get too academic about it. We'll talk about the books we love and the books we loathe, and help stock your TBR pile with old and new reads for every literary taste. Today, we're toppling your TBRs with backlist women's fiction and coming-of-age stories. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. These episodes are an awful lot of fun to put out in the world because our listeners love them. Yes. And it's so much fun to put them together because while we love talking about classics, we really appreciate having a way to sneak in some other books that we love. Yeah. And I was just thinking today about how we're not inventing subgenres or anything, but sort of putting together these themes and genres and subgenres in a different and unique way. That's really, really fun for us to do. It is. And this one was really inspired by our two May books, In the Time of the Butterflies by Julia Alvarez and The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery, both of which feel very much like coming-of-age stories because they follow these characters as they grow and change and encounter obstacles, but it's not necessarily focused on adolescence. And we thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I really appreciate a coming-of-age character arc. And I really appreciate seeing characters who are sort of finding themselves and coming-of-age in their late 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, even beyond, because it's not a teenager thing. I feel like we're constantly experiencing a coming of age in every new life phase. And maybe that's why sometimes it's fun to read YA and feel that connection to those characters who are really experiencing that time. Because I don't think it's something that we really truly grow out of. Mm -mm, I agree. And as teachers, I think we both have seen that there's a lot of classroom focus on coming-of-age stories, and I, I think that maybe because of that, because of the books that we readers tend to fall in love with as young people, we keep seeking out those character arcs and that growth, but we want to see more of ourselves reflected in, in those characters and how characters continue to grow and change well past high school years. So today we are sharing coming of age stories, but none of these fall under the young adult category. They all probably could be categorized as women's fiction or literary fiction, in some cases, contemporary fiction. And they follow a coming of age arc. Sometimes they follow a character from youth into adulthood or feature flashbacks accordingly. And sometimes they are just about a character who's experiencing growth and change in beautiful and uncomfortable ways. So we have a bunch of really great titles to share, and I'm excited to hear what is on your list, Sarah. All right. Well, some of these books will be familiar to you listeners because you might have heard them pop up as pairings and That is true of the first book that I want to talk about, but I will never miss a chance to plug Britt Bennett, and today I want to recommend her debut novel, The Mothers, 
So I know a lot of readers came to her last year with her book, The Vanishing Half, and The Vanishing Half is exceptional. Chelsea, you and I both loved it and paired it as well. But I think I still have a slight preference for the mothers if I had to pit them against each other, which I don't have to do. They're both wonderful. But the mothers does start with a high school student and then follows her into um, her early, early 20s. And our main character is named Nadia. She has lost her own mother. And in the wake of her mother's recent suicide and, and her grief, she starts a relationship with the pastor's son in her small town. And this is one of those small towns where everyone knows everyone's business, and this is a big secret. Nadia ends up getting pregnant, and I think this is on very early in the book. Um, I don't believe this is a spoiler. She decides not to continue the pregnancy, and then it follows her from there. And so the book, while it's really, it's Nadia's coming-of-age story, it also, of course, deals extensively with motherhood, as the title suggests, both Nadia's choice not to become a mother at 17, her loss of her own mother, and then the mothers who make up a sort of Greek chorus they are the church moms who know everyone's business and, and think they know the best for, for everyone. But I just, I really loved Nadia and how Britt Bennett kind of talks about her teen choice as being pivotal, but also she's not at all judgmental, really in either way, not at all suggesting that Nadia made a bad choice or that she made definitively the right choice. It's just a choice that really impacts her own coming of age. And I thought that the way she explored that was fantastic. So I love this book. I think a lot of our listeners would too. It's wonderful. It's The Mothers by Britt Bennett. It's a really good book club book. And actually looking at this list that we have here, I think a lot of these are excellent book club picks. Oh, that's a great point. And I love The Mothers. I think that that was maybe one of the first character driven and like slower paced novels that I read and realized, ooh, I actually really like this, depending on how high the stakes are. And the stakes are high in The Mothers. Mm -hmm. And Britt Bennett wrote it, well, it was published when she was 26. I think she wrote it over the course of 10 years from her own adolescence into her early adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so it feels so authentic to that time of life as well. I think that my next pick feels the same way, even though the author isn't the same age as the character. I loved, loved this book last year, Writers and Lovers by Lily King. And I actually reread it pretty recently, which is very unusual for me in general, but especially unusual for me to reread a book within a few months, but I reread it on audio and the audio is really, really good. So Writers and Lovers is a story about Casey and she is grieving the loss of her mother. She is also trying to finish her book and get it published. In the meantime, she's working as a server and meeting a couple of men who 
end up being some complicated romantic interests. And so this is coming of age story. It's a peek into the writing life. There's a little bit of romance. It's all very realistic. I just think Lily King is such a gifted writer. There are so many passages in this novel that rang so true to me, even though my life situation is totally different from Casey's. It's stunning and beautiful and so satisfying. Like this is one of the most satisfying books I've read in a really long time where the ending wraps up nicely and makes a lot of sense. Like you just feel like the whole time that you're reading the book, like, of course, this is how the book ends. And it's, gosh, I don't know how else to describe it other than it's just such a satisfying novel. And I have been recommending this one for a while. I'm not the only one who's been recommending it, but I feel like I have heard from quite a few readers who have said, I didn't think that I would like this, or I didn't think that this would be to my taste, but I couldn't put this down. And mm. I I just absolutely loved it. So I highly recommend Writers and Lovers by Lily King. I think that I paired it with Little Women because it feels very much like a Joe March book. And I stand by that on the reread. It was really, really lovely on audio. I still haven't read it. I I will. <laughs> I know it's, it's one of those one that I love. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to love it. So it's you save it for a special occasion. Exactly. All right. My next book is not one that I've talked about on the podcast before and not one that I've seen around a lot. It's an Australian novel. It's called A Room Called Earth by Madeline Ryan. And this book, it takes place over the course of one night. So it's very different from coming of age, many coming of age stories in that way. But the character comes out of her shell so much and experiences so much in the course of this night and and grows so much that I think it still qualifies. And it's really, it's about a, a woman who goes to a party. And that is the plot of this book. But our main character and narrator in A Room Called Earth is autistic. And this is an own voices novel. Madeline Ryan is autistic herself. And the way she writes the narration and point of view and the humor and the degree of earnestness that her narrator brings to her perception of the world is just, it's so tender and heartfelt and funny, like laugh out loud funny at times. I believe the character remains unnamed. At least she does for a good portion of the novel. Um, but she goes to this party. She she meets someone and forms like a, a real connection that she just hasn't quite experienced before. And it really, um, it really like leads to her blossoming, but also kind of questioning some things about how she's lived her life up until now. And it's really, it's just wonderful. It's kind of, um, it's kind of stream of consciousness, but don't be afraid. It's not like Faulkner stream of consciousness, like what is happening? It just, it's a, a style where you really just get to see the narrator's thoughts exactly how 
Um, she probably is thinking them over the course of the single night. And so you really fall in love with her and her unique perspective. And it's really, really fun and lovely. So that is A Room Called Earth by Madeline Ryan. That sounds really fun. And our Australian listeners are cheering right now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I want to read more Australian lit. So um, send us your recommendations. And I do think this is very different from other like, you know, quirky, quote unquote, quirky narrator lit. But I do think like if you liked Eleanor Oliphant or you liked The Bookish Life of Nina Hill, those things, you would probably really enjoy the narration in this book as well. All right. The next book that I have to recommend here also deals with grief and some complicated relationships. The Switch by Beth O'Leary opens on Lena and she's an overachiever. She's really good at her job, but she just blows a big presentation And it's largely because she's been burying her grief over losing her sister. And so her work essentially says, you need to take a break. So she goes to visit her grandmother, who is dealing with grief of her own and is newly single at 79 and decides she's turning 80 soon and she wants to live a life that she is proud of. And so Lena learns that her grandmother, Eileen, would like to start dating and sort of has this idea that they should switch places. So Eileen goes to live in Lena's London loft and like go to the city. And Lena stays in the rural small town where everyone knows everyone's business and sort of takes on some of her grandmother's responsibilities and vice versa. It's a delightful Freaky Friday situation. And so there is this element of romance where they are both sort of experiencing dating and relationships, but at the core The book is really about Lena learning how to come to terms with her grief and repairing her relationship with her mother and Eileen learning how to live life as a single person. She was in a long, not unhappy, but not happy marriage. She really loves her friends, but she is seeking happiness for herself. And so their life lessons somewhat mirror each other, even though Lena is in her 20s and Eileen is approaching 80. And it's just so charming and delightful. Beth O'Leary has a really great sense of humor. And this is excellent on audio so that you can catch all of that British humor. But it's really endearing. It strikes that great tone of bittersweet. It's not a rom-com. It's not exclusively women's fiction. It's somewhere in the middle which we've talked about loving that with books like Beach Read. And so I just, I really, really like this one, especially on audio. It's charming. There's a lot to love here. There's a lot to discuss. And I especially, especially loved Eileen, the grandmother. She's such a character to root for. And the, again, satisfying character arcs here are 
there's plenty to love. So The Switch by Beth O'Leary is a sweet coming-of-age novel. And I love that it features a much older character. Yeah, like we said, coming of age at any age. Love that. My next book is All My Mother's Lovers by Alana Massad. I'm being a little generous with backlist on some of these. This came out last year. I'm guessing it'll be out in paperback this summer, though. And I really enjoyed this book. It was one of a handful of quite similar books that I I read all around the same time that kind of involved a late 20s female character, family secrets, and coming of age. But this one has kind of stuck with me a little bit more than some others. So it's about Maggie. She is 27 when her mother dies suddenly and unexpectedly. And Maggie is gay and always felt like her mother never fully accepted that. Definitely didn't ostracize her or shun her or or anything like that, but she Maggie just felt like her mother didn't fully understand and appreciate who who she is. And so when she goes back for her mother's funeral and she's taking care of some some administrative tasks and figuring some things out, she discovers that her mother has written letters to various men, men who Maggie has never heard about before. And she decides she's going to deliver these letters. And in doing so, she discovers that maybe her mother's sexuality and romantic side is more complicated than she thought. And so as she is learning more about her mother and her parents' marriage, she's also learning more about herself and maybe how her mother actually saw her and coming to terms with that. And it's a really great story about grief and family secrets, but it really is Maggie's coming of age and self-acceptance. I really enjoyed this book. Roxanne Gay really liked it too. Although Roxanne Gay says that this book has the worst last line that she has ever read. And she is not wrong. It nearly ruins the book, in my opinion. So just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's enough to deter readers. <laughs> it is a head scratcher for sure. I just like to, you know, maybe at some point I'll just take one of those little white out tape strips and just run it across the last sentence in my paper copy because it's something. So that is All My Mother's Lovers by Alana Massad. That's hilarious. Roxanne Gay is always spot on. She she is. She writes great reviews. She's very honest and specific in how she talks about books, and I really appreciate that. That's funny. Okay, so speaking of mixed feelings and mixed reviews, this is a book that I feel like a lot of people either really love or really hate There are complicated feelings here. This is Queenie by Candace Carty-Williams. I really enjoyed reading Queenie. Queenie is a character that constantly has you shaking your head or yelling at her or just wanting her to make different choices. 
but she is making bad choices because I think it's never explicitly stated, but I think that it is pretty obvious that Queenie is dealing with some major mental health issues that are going unaddressed for a lot of reasons. And she is distracting herself with dating and men and sex and just truly self-destructive behavior. She doesn't have a lot of self-worth. She is not a very good friend. And yet she is learning. And by the end of the novel, you can tell that she is going to be taken care of and that hopefully there are some lessons learned. I do think that there's a very clear coming of age arc here, even though for a good portion of the book, you just are shaking your head at her. But I I really found Queenie to be a compelling character. I thought that Candace Carty-Williams had just a great sense of humor and writing style. I actually think a lot of what didn't serve this book is the marketing because it was marketed as like, this is like Bridget Jones's diary. And I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a fun rom-com. And it's not. It's actually a coming-of-age story that is tackling some complicated themes of race and culture and relationships, self-perception, and just being a 20-something, struggling to find your way in the world. So I I really liked Queenie. I'm pretty sure we paired it with Emma. And I, I think it holds up and offers a lot for discussion. So Queenie by Candace Carty-Williams is another coming-of-age story to recommend. Speaking of characters you shake your head at, and Roxanne Gay. My next pick is You Exist Too Much by Zaina Arafat. And this was Roxanne Gay's favorite book of 2020. So I could probably just stop there and that would be enough for a lot of our listeners to say, sure, I'll pick that up. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit of the, the plot. It's about a young Palestinian American woman. She's in her 20s. And she has just destroyed another relationship. She's very much somebody who self-sabotages good relationships by, you know, pursuing affairs or just falling in love with other people or um, she just she's just a self-sabotager in that regard. And she re- recognizes that a lot of that stems from her relationship with her mother and also her relationship with herself and her her body and her feelings about sex. And so she checks herself in to a rehab clinic for love addiction is what they diagnose her with. And most of the book takes place in this clinic. And I think that it's a really interesting setting as, again, an unnamed narrator here um, makes connections with other clients and patients and with um, the people who are providing her her treatment. And she really wants to, to leave this program as a stronger, that's maybe not the right word, but as a more independent, self-sufficient person who can, you know, maintain the life trajectory she wants for herself and not veer off course as she has before. 
I just, I loved the character and I loved the setting. I also really appreciated seeing flashbacks to her relationship with her mother. The The title comes from something her mother says to her. Her mom tells her, you exist too much, which is just such a, it's like one of those phrases that it doesn't really mean anything, but it means so much. You can, you can picture a person who exists too much and also how hearing that would be so hurtful and harmful to a young person. And so we get to see her coming of age kind of in this facility and as she's trying to seek treatment for herself, as well as flashbacks to her coming of age through adolescence and her relationship with her mother in high school. The character in this book is bisexual, and I have heard mixed reviews about the book's portrayal of bisexuality. So I want to put that out there as well for some of our readers, um, but I, I thought it was extremely well done. I believe it's a debut novel, and I will be really excited to read whatever Zaina Arafat reads next, but this one is called You Exist Too Much. I think that this next selection we also paired with Emma. It is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, and I really think this is a coming-of-age story. It's absolutely a page-turner, great book club book. It's buzzy, so I'm not going to spend too much time rehashing the plot here. But just to talk about what makes this a coming-of-age novel is I just think the main character, Amira, experiences such growth and learning throughout this. I love her friend group. I think whereas Queenie, we see a lot of like friends who are trying to be supportive and a character turning them away in such a fun age. We just see these really great friendships. And I love that about this book. But Amira, as a young Black woman and as a nanny for this young, super successful, I don't know, blogger, she an influencer basically, Alex or Alix, she just, gosh, she learns so much about what she'll put up with, standing up for herself, who she is, what she's willing to sacrifice or accept in relationships, what she wants for her work life as well. And by the end of the novel, it's not like she has everything figured out. But she has some things and she is on a better track. And you really get to watch her grow just in her treatment of herself. And I found it to be incredibly empowering. And then there are just super discussable themes. The social commentary here is so smart and so biting. And it's such a page turner. So I think Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. It is... It's a great book club book, again, but I really, really appreciate it as a coming-of-age story. Another one that is excellent on audio. I thought the audio performance was so good and helped me sort of notice some of those underlying themes that I might not have picked up on otherwise. I also listened to Such a Fun Age on audio, so maybe now is a good time just to remind our listeners of our love for Libro FM, our absolute favorite audiobook subscription service. 
Libro FM lets you get your audiobooks straight from your favorite independent bookstores. I like to switch mine up every couple of months so I can support indies I love around the country. Chelsea, are any of the books that you mentioned that we've mentioned today so far ones that you've listened to? Oh, yeah. Um, Writers and Lovers, I know that I listened to on Libro FM. They actually had it on sale for like five bucks. I don't think a lot of people know that Libro FM just like puts audiobooks on sale sometimes. So even if you have a subscription, you can get an extra book now and then for, for a really good price. I definitely listened to Such a Fun Age might have been on Libro FM, but I, I definitely remember listening to Writers and Lovers through Libro. What about you? Did you listen to any of yours? I listened to, I think I listened to one of my upcoming books that I'll share next, but I did listen to Such a Fun Age on Libro FM and I loved it. And I'm so glad you brought up their sale books because yeah, sometimes they're on sale for as little as $3. And so you can add one to your cart in addition to what you're doing, however you're spending your credit that month. Yeah. So speaking of credits with the code novel pairings, you can get two audiobook credits for the price of one. So you can start your audiobook subscription and get an extra book to listen to right away. So when you go to checkout, enter code novel pairings, or you can go to our show notes and we have a link that'll take you directly to the membership signup. Okay. So another coming of age story that I definitely listened to on Libro and really loved is All Adults Here by Emma Straub. And this is different from most of the other books we've chatted about today because I would say this book is like a family's coming of age story. It doesn't follow one single character as they kind of grow and and change, but the whole family does together. So Astrid is the matriarch of the family. She has four, three or four grown children who are all facing some sort of crisis or challenge at this moment in life, right? As all crises tend to converge in one moment. And so she is spending a lot of time thinking about not what she did wrong, but if there were any small things that she might have done to have contributed to her feeling that many of her children are just stuck, that they're not moving forward in in their lives in the way that she hoped that they would. And it's just, I loved this family. I loved the siblings, even though some of them are really frustrating. There is a great young, I think 12 or 13-year-old character who adds a lot of fun to Astrid's life and to the book overall. And yeah, I mean, it's really fun to watch this whole family kind of come of age and accept themselves and each other a little bit more. It also has a great small town setting. So if you love that kind of East Coast small town Gilmore Girls vibe, you would probably love being on like the main street of the setting and all adults here. I really enjoyed this one. It's gotten, I think, some mixed reviews. I think some people thought Straub tried to do a little bit too much in this book, but I thought it wasn't a book I took super seriously, even though it does talk about some serious topics. It's it's really more of a fun, lighter family story to me. So that is All Adults Here by Emma Straub. 
My next pick here to recommend is Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. And this is one that we mentioned in our Pride and Prejudice adaptations and retellings episode because it is loosely based on Pride and Prejudice. There are definitely some similarities. There are definitely some scenes that cross over, but mostly I just think Aisha at last on its own is a really lovely coming of age story and also a good dash of romance. But Aisha as a character She has dreams of being a poet, but ultimately she has set those aside because she is paying off debt and she's working a teaching job instead. And I really liked how that was handled. As a teacher, I can get kind of bristly about people who are characters who are in teaching begrudgingly when they would rather do something else or are sort of treating teaching as like a fallback career. But I think it's handled really, really nicely in this book. And Aisha is really learning to stick up for herself. So she has this younger cousin who's extremely flighty, very much a Lydia Bennett character, and really just sucks up a lot of the oxygen of the family. Aisha kind of flies under the radar more. She's a really dutiful daughter, cousin, niece. And so when she meets someone that she's interested in and she starts to realize more of her dreams, this book really explores her journey to expressing that and to following her own path, even if it means that there will be some conflict with her family. And even if that means that she's not going to be keeping the peace. So I really liked this book as a romance. And I think that the description of it as a modern day Muslim pride and prejudice is really apt. It's a great adaptation. I loved the, I loved the nods to pride and prejudice, but I don't think you have to be a Jane Austen fan in order to like Aisha at last. So I highly recommend that one as a coming of age novel. My next one is really just a delightful, pure, fun, summer coming-of-age story. And since we are approaching summer, we're still not sure what travel will look like. I wanted to throw in something lush and a little bit of armchair travel. So my next book is You, Me, Everything by Katherine Isaac. Our main protagonist here is Jess. I think she's in her 30s. She has a 10-year-old son, and she, her son, her whole life revolves around, around her son, and she is determined to foster a better relationship between her son and his father, her ex-boyfriend, Adam. And so she agrees to go. She kind of begrudgingly agrees. And when I say to what, you're going to say, why is this begrudgingly, <laughs> to spend the summer at the renovated castle hotel that Adam runs and has maintained in the south of France. So she's, of course, reluctant to go because of her relationship with Adam, her her ex. But, of course, we want her to go because we would all like to spend a summer at a renovated castle in the south of France. And it's just a really wonderful family story as Jess kind of really works to 
help Adam and her son William get to know each other. It's really, it's a very different depiction of ex-spouses and co-parenting than I've seen in, in other books where um, there are definite hardships and struggles, but there isn't um, a bitterness there. It's it's just really wants this to work, and that's lovely. And as we get to see her kind of really kind of come into her, her own more as Adam takes more responsibility, she gets to be not less of a mom, but more of herself and kind of reassert her independence in some ways. And that is a really wonderful uh, growth that we get to see. So it's really sweet. And the descriptions of the hotel are very dreamy. So that is reason enough to pick up You, Me, Everything this summer. I want to read that now. It's really, really good. It's really good. And it, it's, I, I think it came out a few years ago. I haven't seen it that much, but it has a beautiful cover, gorgeous setting. It's a lot of fun. So speaking of summer books, a book that I read last summer, like in a couple of sittings, even though it is a pretty long book, was City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. I loved it. I It is not a perfect book. I don't even know that it's Elizabeth Gilbert's best work, but I had such a fun time reading it and it was just the perfect summer breezy read. But it is set in the New York City theater world in the 1940s. And I just really think that Elizabeth Gilbert nails the dialogue and the sort of sass of the time, the lingo. So Often when I describe this book, I say, this is what I wanted Evelyn Hugo to be because I actually didn't like Evelyn Hugo that much. As someone who loves classic film, I wanted the classic film voice from Evelyn Hugo. Like I wanted to feel like I was watching a black and white movie. That's how I felt with reading City of Girls. But to get back to our theme The coming of age story here is that the book is all about Vivian. And at the start of the book, she's 19. She's just been kicked out of college and her parents sent her to Manhattan to live with her aunt Peg. And Peg runs this decrepit old theater. And it is just wild that her parents would send her there because (laughs) Vivian goes and it's not like she's getting reformed. Instead, she gets a crash course in theater and sex and fashion and costume design and nightlife. And she just absolutely lives it up. And then towards the end of the book, we get to see the entire journey of Vivian from 19 to 95. And so not only is this obviously a coming of age story, but it's also one of those books that follows a character for a really long time. And I know that some people didn't love the format of it and thought that it was a little cheesy. Sure. I just didn't care. I loved being in the worlds of the book and had such a fun time and found Vivian to be a super compelling, enjoyable character to hang out with. So If you want a really, really sparkly coming-of-age novel, City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert will fit the bill. My final pick today is one of my favorite books and one that I have really been meaning to reread, and this might be the summer for it. It's American Wife by Curtis Sittenfeld. I love Curtis Sittenfeld. I think 
prep is the one that a lot of people come to first, but I'm pretty sure I read American Wife first and it remains my favorite of hers. So if you're unfamiliar, this book is loosely based on the life of Laura Bush. It's not at all like Rodham, her newest book, where it's like, you know, the character's name is Hillary Rodham and it's kind of beat by beat until her character's life diverges from the real Hillary Clinton's life. This is like inspired by and kind of what Curtis Sittenfeld might imagine it would be like to be married to a president like George W. Bush. I I loved it. We meet, I don't remember what alternate Laura Bush's name is in this book, but we we meet her when she's 16 and she gets into a horrible car accident where the a person in the car that she hits dies. And that is true. That that happened to Laura Bush as a teenager and it greatly impacted her her life and her faith and her views and that is true for the character in American Wife as well. And then we follow her well into her her future before she meets her husband but then their their marriage as well. And what I really really like is how and I I don't know much about the real Laura Bush but I think it's really interesting how Sittenfeld kind of asks a question about what it might be like to have some different political views as your partner if your partner is a powerful politician and how that might be hard without the politician angle for any marriage to have some big clashes but of course how that's like exacerbated times a million when your husband is the president and i just think that she gives a lot of grace and um i don't know presumes goodwill for really all of the characters in this book even as they disagree with each other and butt heads and really come into conflict in some really serious ways. I love this book. It also has, it's it's pretty long, I think maybe close to 500 pages, and it just has the exact weight of a paperback that I want to hold in my hand when I'm like reading on my back patio this summer. So it's it's a favorite. I hope to pick it up again soon. It's American Wife by Curtis Sittenfeld. I've been meaning to read it for ages. It would be a fun summer book club pick for novel pairings, actually. Ooh, that would be. That's a great idea. I think we could really get into Curtis Sittenfeld. It's partly set in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, it is. I think that's what first put it on my radar years ago, and I just haven't picked it up yet. She really loves writing about the Midwest. (laughs) I like to read about it. So, <laughs> All right. My final recommendation here is maybe a little bit of an outlier because it's somewhat fantasy, but it's also mythology and history. And yeah, it's Circe by Madeline Miller. I actually think you could say Song of Achilles is a coming of age novel as well, but I wanted to focus on Circe because we're talking about women's fiction here. And the whole entire book is about Cersei finding her power. She is the daughter of a titan. 
And she has this incredible power of witchcraft that really scares a lot of people around her. And she ultimately gets banished. And from there, she learns about herself and has to gain a new self-perception because of the way she was treated and really sort of overcome some trauma. And we really get to follow this super satisfying character arc of Cersei coming of age from youth to adulthood and beyond because she's a witch. There's like some weird aging stuff there. But I, of course, I mean, we've talked about Madeline Miller plenty on the podcast and how much we adore her books, her writing, her teaching. I think that she's writing a book. Uh, she's writing a retelling of The Tempest right now. And I've just, she's been writing it for a while. And I'm like, come on, we need your Shakespeare retellings, Madeline, let's go. But Cersei, I think it's a great coming of age novel. And I don't know that I can describe it much more because it's a spin on mythology and it's just a really absorbing atmospheric journey to go on. Super well-written, really fun. And I love it. It's excellent. And I, I don't know that I would have thought to classify it as coming of age, but it definitely is. I actually got to teach it just one year and my sophomores really latched onto it and really connected with it. And I think that that is largely why they, they saw Cersei's coming of age in parallel to theirs, I'm sure. So great pick. Okay, Sarah, that's a lot of books. I'm really excited to see what our listeners pick up for their summer reading. And it's going to be really fun to see which books sort of shake out to the top? Usually it's like just a couple that we start to see popping up everywhere. Yes. And we love when you share what you end up picking up from our episodes. So be sure to tag us in those Instagram posts and comment on our posts with any other coming of age stories that you want to share and want us to know about. But before we wind down today, Chelsea, should we talk a little bit about what we have going on over in Classics Club for the rest of May? Yes. So Classics Club is our community of readers over on Patreon. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, that is just a service that we use to help us publish bonus episodes, to allow listeners to support us financially so that we can keep the podcast going and expand novel pairings. So if you are a member of the Classics Club community, you get bonus episodes every Friday. You get a class once a month that Sarah and I teach. Sometimes this is specific to a book. Sometimes the class is about a general super nerdy English lit topic, and you get other content like book club discussions on Zoom with us and with other Classics Club members, and just other behind the scenes stuff and discussions on Discord. Those have been really fun. So, Classics Club is just a lot of fun, and we have some really fun stuff planned for May. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is posted in our Classics Club feed on Patreon right now is more information about everything we're doing this summer. So you all know and hopefully are getting excited about our summer classics lineup that we shared on Instagram. 
but we also shared some of the classes and book club picks with our Classics Club members. So if you want all of the details about what's coming up this summer, Patreon is the place to go. So you can find Patreon at patreon.com slash novel pairings. You can also get that link in our show notes. Another great spot to sign up and subscribe to is our weekly newsletter. Often we share what's happening in our Patreon community so that you can be the first to know about events and everything that we've got planned. So novelpairings.substack.com is where to go if you want to get our weekly news and announcements. And of course, we are eager to hear about your favorite coming of age novels or which books you pick up that were recommended on the podcast today. So please tag us on Instagram at novelpairingspod. Follow us over there if you're not already. That's a great free way to support the show. We also love to see where you're listening or when you recommend the podcast to a friend. So tag us in your Instagram stories to spread the word. Another great way to spread the word about novel pairings is by sending your friends a link to your favorite episode or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews, we can't prove it because the algorithm is secret, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure because every time that we get a good stretch of reviews, we go up in the ratings on Apple Podcasts. So those reviews really, really do make a difference for other people to find our show. Thank you to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next week, we'll be back with an episode discussing The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. Until then, we declare, after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything.